Welcome to the Book Marketing Action Podcast. We feature exciting guests, real conversations, and actions you can take to reach the biggest possible audience for your work. I'm Becky Robinson, your host for the podcast, the founder and CEO of Weaving Influence, and the author of Reach, Create the Biggest Possible Audience for Your Message, Book, or Cause. I also created the Reach More Readers Workshops. Thank you for choosing to learn with me, and I hope you'll take action today as a result of listening to this show. If you benefit from the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us to help us reach more listeners. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. I'm so thrilled today to talk with David Dye. And you may remember from a past episode, I interviewed Karen Hurt. Karen Hurt is a business partner and wife to David Dye. And so it's cool to hear David's perspective on the value of consistency in their growth of their books and business. So David, welcome. Hey, thank you, Becky. It's a pleasure to be here. So for those who might not know about you and your books and your work, could you tell us a little bit about what you do, David? Absolutely. So Karen and I own a uh, leadership consultancy. We work with leaders around the world to uh, leaders who are human centered or want to be more human centered in their leadership approach to uh, reduce ambiguity, to improve clarity and ultimately transform their results without sacrificing their humanity uh, or losing their mind in the process. So that's the work that we do. And we've written several books uh, around that theme and helping leaders. And we're known for a very practical approach to that work. Why don't you go ahead and shout out your most recent book? Sure. Most recent is Courageous Cultures. Uh, that was uh, released in 2020, right mid-pandemic. And uh, the subtitle of Courageous Cultures is How to Build Teams of Problem Solvers, Micro Innovators, and Customer Advocates. Fantastic. So for those of you who might be listening and also have an interest in human-centered leadership, I would encourage you to check out David Dye and his books. So as we dive in today, I, I did mention that I interviewed Karen regarding this importance of consistency. And I believe I've known you possibly for a decade, David, in it's online spaces. It's been a while. So I'm curious from your perspective, why you think consistency is so important in building a business, building thought leadership and marketing your books? I think it comes down to relationship. Uh, any, I mean, you just mentioned that we've known each other for going on a decade. Why? Because we consistently show up in the same places and any kind of relationship takes consistency. If there's going to be understanding knowledge. And so book marketing is another kind of relationship. It's a relationship with our potential readers. So if they're not seeing that consistently, they're either not going to understand the message, they're not going to trust it, or, you know, they'll just never have a chance to see it. And so consistency, there's so many different forms of that when we talk about book marketing, but at the core, that's what it's all about to me is it's that relationship. So I'm pretty sure that my meeting you predated the release of your first book. So, and I always love to hear about someone's journey as it relates to thought leadership. So David, would you share with our listeners a little bit about how you got started with growing an online presence and what those milestones have been for you? Absolutely. Going all the way back. So my first 17 years of my career were in human service uh, organization and worked with, uh, you know, from the front lines in as a volunteer and then frontline leader all the way to executive leadership. And then we had a national organization that was helping replicate um, the, the organization in different states around the United States. And part of my favorite work doing that was investing in leadership development. I was the kind of executive that was also a teacher and I have 
from a very young age, loved leadership development and helping leaders become the best version of themselves. So as I was getting into the last couple of years of that, I realized that my ability to spend individual time with people, especially once we're talking across the country, was getting more and more limited. And so I started writing a blog in order to get that, get my thinking out there. And initially it was for those who might be interested, you know, 20, 30 people, uh, and it grew from there. And so that was the very beginning. And talking about consistency, I committed to, at that time, uh, two original posts a week and one book review a week. I you know, widely read in leadership space. And so I had my favorites and I wanted to make sure people knew about those in addition to the thoughts that I had to share. So David, for those who might be listening, could you fill us in on what year that was that you started blogging? Oh, you're going to take me back. That was 2000. 10, I want to say 2010. So yeah, maybe 2009, but for certainly 2010. Okay. So in 2009 or 2010, you made a commitment to two leadership focused posts and one book review a week. And tell me a little bit about how you grew your influence from there. Sure. So I was still working uh, in my, my day job at that point. And as things went along, I, I started to understand and the blog started getting readers and so on. And, and I met you and others in the leadership online leadership space, including Karen, who eventually would become uh, my life and business partner. And as I was doing that, I realized that what I enjoyed most was helping leaders become the best version of themselves. And so I wanted to make that investment. And after 16, 17 years doing the work I'd been doing, uh, I made the, the switch to start my own business. I cashed out my retirement uh, invested that and and got going. Um, so that for me was, you know, in my initial clients were people that I had worked with or uh, similarly aligned businesses, uh, referrals, you know, anywhere I could could find. And then almost immediately after that, started writing my first book. So, what year did you write your first book? 2013 that was started writing in 2012 but really in depth and it was published uh october 2013. and what's the title of that one david for those who might be curious <laughs> the seven things your team needs to hear you say and that is a self-published uh karen and i call our initial books tapas books but it's still selling it's uh still selling on amazon and i do believe that the consistency principle you're talking about here is part of the reason why what have you done consistently to keep that book in online spaces so that it continues to sell? Well, it's interesting. Uh, for a while, I invested in Amazon ads. So initially, when you're doing the initial kind of book marketing and, and a book ha is the focus of everything, it's in your email signature, it's content in your blog posts, it's you know all the, all the different things. We have intentionally dropped focus on those first two self-published books to drive focus towards courageous cultures, our most recent work, because our thought leadership has continued to improve. But that said, there's still a market for that initial book. And it's a certain kind of leader, typically a frontline leader. Uh, the, the content is very easily digestible and immediately usable in, in without getting into theory or needing to talk to your boss or CEO or any of that kind of thing. And so uh, Amazon ads helped drive traffic and sell that book for a while. And then it's continued on just the merits of the sales that it's had. Amazing. Um, so talk a little bit more about what you're consistent in doing to reach people with your books and with your business and with your thought leadership. Yeah, absolutely. So consistency takes lots of different forms. And again, going back to the, the principle of relationship, 
How am I continuing to show up? I'm sure that, you know, over the, the many episodes and all the work that you're doing, you've shared the principle that somebody often, before they buy, has to be exposed to something seven to nine times on average. And I've seen different research and different figures around that. So it is amazing to me how often somebody will say to Karen or I, oh, you guys have a book? Because we think we are obnoxious about how often we say, have you read our book? Do you know we have a book? And yet people continually are like, oh, oh, you have a book? Or we ask them, well, do you have a copy of the book or have you seen the book? We can send you, and they're like, oh, didn't know you wrote a book. So just emphasizing the need for consistency. So what does that look like? It looks like, I mentioned earlier, it's in every email I ever send, right? There's a picture of the book, there's a, a testimonial quote, there's a link to get it, that kind of thing. And I've sold books that way, many books that way. Like, oh, there it is, let's, let's do this. Uh, blog posts, so we continue, Karen and I have a strong commitment to our content marketing uh, and people get different mileage, but that has been the core of our business from the beginning, both of us individually and collectively, and it continues to this day. What that looks like now is our, our weekly cadence, and we don't depart from this. Our weekly cadence is a blog post Monday, uh, Karen's asking for a friend recording that comes out on Wednesday. I release a podcast episode of my podcast is called leadership without losing your soul that comes out on Friday. And then Karen also does a LinkedIn live episode on Friday. All of that, whether we're interviewing other thought leaders or going with our own content and thinking all of that comes back to the content that's in the book and promotes the book in different ways. Amazing. So, you know, as I've been listening to you, David, I'm wondering about those people out there who are just getting started on their journey with content marketing or thought leadership, or they're dreaming of a book, mm -hmm. or maybe they have a book, but they haven't done the hard work yet of building that platform or having those consistent online relationships. And I'm curious what you might say to them. You know, it it's easy to look back and say, oh, well, I started in 2009, and that's why I'm getting the success that I'm getting. So what might you say to those folks who are like feeling a little bit disappointed that they may have missed the boat or, you know, not worked in advance on these things? Uh, several things. One is there's always another boat uh, and that, that feeling I don't think ever goes away. Uh, just yesterday, I saw a Harvard Business Review article that was titled with a piece of thought leadership that I have been writing and teaching and saying for 15 years. They didn't quote me, but the thought it's time finally came. So it's like, oh gosh, how do I get on that boat, right? There's always that next boat. So if you're just getting started, one of the things that I would recommend, I call it find your Jennifer. And this is based on my own experience when I was starting out. Um, even the act of writing and answering a question when there's so much thought leadership out there, how on earth do you say something relevant? That feeling can be overwhelming, at least it was to me. My answer to that came in the form of uh, a colleague. I knew uh, it was somebody working in the industry, didn't work for me, but she said, hey, David, I've seen your blog. I have a question. And she asked me a question related to my content. That's all it took. Give me, and her name was Jennifer. She, she uh, asked me a question to this day, still one of the most uh, sought after thought pieces I've done about leading friends and former peers. And that principle of finding your Jennifer, finding someone who needs your content, who values what you have to say and writing to them. Shut everybody else out. Don't worry about anybody else. Find the one person, write to them, and that will automatically give your content 
an audience. It will make your content be more relevant to the people who do read it, which then helps it to spread. So another principle in that as you're getting started is something I learned from Seth Godin. Uh, and what he said is that he tries to write everything that he does in a way that somebody says, I have got to share this. There's one person in my life who really needs this. I've got to send this to them. And I do that with his stuff. I, he writes 365 days a year, and I probably share 10 to 20 of them a year with somebody who I feel needs it. Well, can you write that way? And then if you're writing that way, the marketing becomes easier because as you get out onto social media, you get into your blog post, you get any of that, you're just meeting somebody's need. You're helping somebody who needs what you have to say. That's really powerful. And I'm betting, David, when you wrote that first post in answering Jennifer's question that you probably emailed Jennifer to point her in the direction of that piece. Oh, yeah. I actually, I wrote it twice. And I still do this. Uh, to, we have clients. And so when you talk about consistency today and staying relevant today, uh, you know, we'll have clients ask us questions all the time. And it is my favorite thing. They'll email with a question. And we encourage them to do this, by the way. I mean, yeah, we're busy and there's a business turn and everything. But gosh, give me a good, honest question from my core audience. That's gold. It's the best thing in the world because then I'll write them an email that's directly to them in their context. Then I will repurpose that email as a blog post. And then those blog posts often eventually turn into books as well. Indeed. I love that idea that you can repurpose those questions into raw material that's first a blog post and then later part of a book that you write later. So David, how do you sustain your energy for this consistency over time? It sounds like part of it is connecting in with the felt needs of your uh, audiences, but in what other ways do you um, maintain your energy? That is a great question, Becky, for me, because I am not always good at it, if I'm being completely transparent. Um, I can struggle with depression from time to time um, and just the, the busyness of work. And I think many authors who tend to be introverts uh, can have that, that I call it this, this, the artist self-loathing that creeps in. Gosh, is this worth anything? I have to say. So all of that is around, you got to manage your own mental health. You got to manage your own physical health. And I know that doesn't seem like that directly relates to writing or marketing, but it really does. And for me, um, that journey, and I know you're a marathoner, so I just ran my first marathon two months ago. And, uh, and that work of maintaining my physical health directly impacts the energy that I have to write, to market, to do all of that work. The, the next thing I would say in terms of sustaining energy is small bites, small bites. So when I was first learning about kind of professional writing, some of the, the people say it in different ways, but one of the ones that stuck with me is you want to be a writer, then do something as a writer every day. I don't care if you have a day job as a, in a factory, do something as a writer every day, five minutes, 10 minutes. So that principle of consistency in, in small bites, that adds up over time. And that helps me maintain energy because I don't have to boil the ocean. I don't have to uh, write a whole book today. Uh, you know, I've got another book, a solo effort that's going to be coming out um, later this year, maybe around the time of this podcast even. Uh, we'll see how that works out. But you know, in the middle of everything else, if I just tried to sit down and write that or sit down and market that, impossible. But I, I can build my marketing plan in five or 10 minutes a day. And that's literally what I'm doing right now. Uh, so do you want to give a shout out to that book? When's <laughs> sure, it coming? What is it? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, this one is very different. Uh, it's a complement to our leadership works. This one's called 
uh, Tomorrow Together, Essays of Hope, Healing, and Humanity. And it's uh, very much a collection of, of life wisdom and my hopes for the future. And it's the things that I want to communicate apart from just the leadership work we do to the broader human perspective. If I ran out of time to write, this is what I'd want to get out there um, right now. And so that's coming out in the spring, uh, late spring of 2022. Great. Um, and are you self-publishing that one or? Self-publishing that one, yes. Yeah. So our last two books, uh, Courageous Cultures and Winning Well, those were both traditionally published by Amicom and then by HarperCollins Leadership. And so this one I'm going to self-publish. Congratulations, David. Um, so before we wrap up our conversation today, I would love for you to give our listeners a vision of the outcomes that you can achieve when you practice this consistent showing up through your online presence. So could you tell us a little bit about some of the outcomes that you've experienced as a result of be being consistent over time? Yeah, you know, um, starting off at the beginning, one of the biggest gigs I got from a work perspective uh, and book sales along with it was when seven things that was the only book i had out but i showed up on linkedin one day and i saw somebody asking a question and i took a stab at answering it and it turned out that she was the uh, human resource director at a company only 35 miles from my house hired me to do um, tens of tens of thousands of dollars of work that year and the following year with that with that business and so you know that's that's a starting out that was my first year uh, uh of the book being out and and so on so those kinds of wins are available. They're out there <clears throat> over time. And I don't want to misrepresent that's not every day, but that happened. And then you can build from there. And then over time, uh, for me, speaking has been a part of it. Um, so sharing the book, but then sharing what's in the book in different ways. So that consistency isn't just online. It's also showing up kind of in the real physical world and talking and, and talking with people about what's there. But the, the online space, back to the content marketing for for us we have a handful of posts and one of them is one i wrote uh, in my solo days that we've redone since but that one post is responsible for hundreds of thousands of dollars of work and it's not just writing the post it's you write it and then you share it and then you share it again and then you see somebody ask a question either on twitter or linkedin or somewhere for which that post is a relevant answer, you share some answer and then say, hey, for more, here's the rest. And those kinds of opportunities are there every day. Now, you can go down the rabbit hole. You don't, that'd be part of my message, back to maintaining energy. You don't have to do that eight hours a day. You can spend 20 or 30 minutes at the beginning of every day or at the end of the day when you don't otherwise have energy for those things and find those opportunities. They're always there. Well, I love that, uh, David, and it's not going to be too hard for us to come up with some action steps. So at the end of every book marketing action podcast, we like to give people some action steps that they can take immediately. So I'm going to call one out and then I'm going to let you call one out. Um, I think one of the things that will stick with me from this conversation is the idea of find your Jennifer. And so for those of you who are listening, a quick reminder, David indicates that we should think of someone in our world who needs the content that we create and write or produce content that directly speaks to that individual. Um, so I hope that as a result of listening to this podcast, you will have a fresh view of how to approach your content marketing by finding the person who needs it and writing or speaking directly to them. Absolutely. That is definitely my number one tip. And number two related to that would be 
pick a lane, pick a social media lane, wherever your Jennifer hangs out. And that's different for all of us, depending on our content, where your people are. And you can find them in the physical world too, but uh, online is easiest to get started. And uh, again, write your marketing, write your copy to address a felt need that your Jennifer has. What is the question they're, they're asking? You know, right now, if, if I just am very, very practical about this, I'm, I'm literally working on an article right now uh, about re remote team communication. If you're serious about becoming a better remote leader, one of the most important topics you can master is remote team communication. That speaks directly to my Jennifer and her needs today, right now, this year. So that's going to be the lead on those pieces and answer her question, help them, and they'll help you. Thank you so much for that, David. I hope that those of you who are listening will take an action step today to add more value to online spaces, to continue to share your work with the world in valuable ways. David, before we wrap today's podcast, I'm wondering if you could share with our listeners the best places where they can connect with you online, and we will include these links in the show notes. Absolutely. Well, as you probably figured out, active on LinkedIn, but uh, our website is letsgrowleaders.com, and we've got all of the different uh content uh, forms that you might want are there, podcasts, the Asking for a Friend live episodes, and the blog. Uh, you can also find the podcast directly at leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com. Perfect, David. Thank you so much. I hope that those of you who are listening will connect with David and with Karen and with the work that they're doing in the world. And if at any point I can be a resource to you on your book marketing journey, I hope you'll reach out to me. I'm Becky at weavinginfluence.com. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or have been enjoying our show, please consider leaving us a review. And as always, if you have any questions, please feel free to email Becky at Becky at weavinginfluence.com.